Hey everyone, welcome to C3 Corumbans podcast. We want you to know that you are loved by a God who is love. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy this message from our preaching series, Unforced Rhythms of Grace. Good to see you. If we haven't met, my name is Dan and my wife Hannah and I get to be the pastors of this church. Incredible. And uh, it is so good to see you guys here in a time of just weirdness and craziness everywhere um, to still prioritize the house of the Lord to still prioritize his presence and to get here. Amen. What an, an opportunity for freedom and hope on offer. Those uh, our beautiful Zoom members, welcome one more time. Love you. Miss you. We're thinking about you. Everyone here is missing you. I was thinking about you guys this week. I've told this story before, but it was such an impacting one that uh, uh, 2016, I was doing my master's and I got an opportunity with Pastor Richard Green, who runs the master's course. He's a pastor for C3 in Sydney at Ride. He also runs uh, for our movement, all of the churches in North Africa, the Middle East and Central Asia. So right now he's been heavily involved in what's happening in Afghanistan. He's, he has pastors that he has trained up over there right now who have churches in Afghanistan and on the border. So pray for him. But 2016, we got an opportunity to go to Kazakhstan with him and there was a pastor's conference. It was amazing. And uh, pastors from Russia and all the stands. I didn't know stand meant land. Or, or so there's Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, Kajikistan, Azerbaijan, all these flipping weird ones. I'm like, oh, I'm from Australia, mate. And, uh, but one of the guys from Moldova, I'll never forget it, he came from, a, um, he used to oversee 12 churches. And he came from a, a tradition, a denomination, without saying it, that wasn't too focused on. Um, relationship with the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. And he was arrested for his faith and put into prison. Uh, I believe it was six years, somewhere around that. He was put in prison for six years. He said, Dan, every single day, I'm talking to him over lunch. He said, every single day, the Holy Spirit would be in my cell and sit next to me as a friend would sit next to me. He goes, every single day. And when I got out of prison, I came back to the movement. I was in the denomination. I said, brothers, I can no longer be a part of this if we're not going to focus on relationship with the Holy Spirit. And they refused to, so he left and started three more churches. He and his son, uh, Eagle. Now, his son, Eagle, they continue to run those churches to this day. But it just hit me. God is with us no matter what. Amen? Just remembering that story, I'm like, man, there is so much angst in the world right now. There's so much division. I was even just talking about it again then. I think people are looking for a reason to be angry online and divide online. And the one thing I know, especially our beautiful Zoom members, no matter what law gets passed, no matter what lockdown looks like, God is with you. God is for you. And sometimes, unfortunately, in the Old Testament, the people didn't experience the presence of God until the trial got really intense. And so I know this lockdown, um, there's a lot of interesting things being approved right now that we won't get into publicly on God's platform. But the one thing I know is no matter what gets approved, God's with you. He is for you. He has peace and power on offer now. So don't tune out in this, this time of lockdown. Don't tune out from the presence of God. Don't tune out. Tune in even deeper. Tune even more. Unfortunately, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to go into the fire before they experienced the fourth man who appeared like the Son of God, who set them free and brought them out unharmed. Amen? Sometimes, I don't think some of you people right now in lockdown, you're going to come out with a deeper relationship with God than you've ever had. And us Queenslanders will be jealous that we got to surf and didn't experience the presence of God. Amen? So push into Him right now. 
What greater gift is there? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, today is also a different one. I think some of the families decided to stay at home because we have two of our kids' church team uh, locked over the border. We love you. God bless you. Everyone who volunteers on our kids' team, you are so incredible. But two whole teams can't come across to serve. And so John and Lee have covered one of the teams. But for the other one, I said, let's just trial something once a month. All the kids can just come in and be a part of it. I don't know. I can't even see them or hear them, so maybe we just set them free. Are they on the road like rogue dogs? We just took their leash off and said, be free. I don't even know where they are. But once a month, uh, we don't have kids' church at the moment. A few reasons with that. Uh, A couple of years ago after the Royal Commission into uh, safe churches within Australia and how churches do that, C3 is a movement, but definitely us as a church, we decided to partner with something called Safe Churches which is a training and organization to make sure we are doing things correctly. And all the parents said, thank you so much. And so we train our kids' church workers. They have to pass blue cards. They have to do all those things. So legally, there are requirements in place for how we can actually do kids' church. Just in case some people get the thought, just put them upstairs with a movie on and someone checking on them every now and again and a bowl of water in the corner. <laughs> we can't do that anymore legally, right? It's like in the, all those people raised in like 50s and 60s. I used to sit in the back of the pickup truck with no seatbelts on and I'm alive. I know you are and God bless you. But unfortunately now there's new rules and laws and beautiful things to keep our kids safe. We adhere to. So there's a bunch of requirements for us to be able to do kids church on a Sunday morning. And once a month we've just decided we don't have enough volunteers right now to meet that. And this is not a manipulation thing. A lot of you guys sitting here are serving on rosters. I thank you. You're doing incredible. I have to say to John and Lee all the time, I don't want people who are already serving a bunch to serve even more to fill a hole. My conviction is that God brings the right person at the right time to fill a space. And so if you're already serving a bunch, don't sign up for Kids Church today. But if if you um, aren't serving or maybe only doing one roster and you feel, no manipulation, if you feel, I would like to do Kids Church, I could fill that hole. Please go and see John and Lee. That would be incredible and help us out there. But no pressure. A bunch of you guys serve already. So onwards and upwards. Once a month, they'll be with us and we're going to keep going. Amen. We're going to finish our fourth week of sharing the gospel today. If you're new with us, we've got a five-month preaching series on unforced rhythms of grace. comes out of that beautiful verse on the wall that you can half read out of Matthew chapter 11. 28 to 30 in the message translation, we've underlined there five invitations of Jesus. And we're going through each invitation. And this month, the invitation is work with me. It's a powerful invitation, if you'll let it, because here's the thing that shifts. Here's the thing I love about that. It kills religion, but it doesn't kill works. It kills religion. Religion screams work for God. Christianity screams work with God. Laziness screams, you don't have to work anymore. Just do whatever you want. You're going to heaven. It's all good. You don't, even have, to, you don't have to give. You don't have to serve. You don't have to invite. You don't have to love people. You don't even have to be nice online. You're a Christian. You said a magical prayer, and one day you're going to heaven. No, that's called antinomianism. <laughs> that means there's no law anymore. We don't have to do anything. Christianity screams, there's a mission at hand. Ephesians chapter 2, I say this all the time, just because it's just there, you can't deny it, it's there. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 10, go read it, have fun with it, 8 to 10. For you were not saved by works, you were saved by grace, through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it's a free gift from God that no man may boast. Salvation is not earned, I'm going to talk on this today, salvation is not earned through works, 
okay? You, it's a free gift. You are not a Christian because of your works. You're not a Christian because you're a good person morally. You're not a Christian because you've found Jesus. He was hiding somewhere and you figured out the map and you got him, all right? That's why they have maps at the end of the Bible because that's where Jesus is hiding and you found him. Congratulations, you cracked the code. That's not salvation. Salvation is the pure grace of Jesus Christ, amen? And in salvation, if you want to speak about works, the start of verse 10, for you are his workmanship. You want to see the works of your salvation? It was what Jesus did on the cross. And then he comes to you personally. He personally applies. what He, he did that corporately, universally. The work of the cross, it's enough to save every person in the world. That's what universally means. Individually applied is your salvation. And it's called regeneration, where he makes you born again. That's Ephesians 2.10. You are his workmanship. You are his workmanship. What's the end of verse 10? Created in Christ Jesus for good works that you should walk in them, that he prepared beforehand. So, here's the shift of this invitation. It's a great one, really. It kills religion and it kills laziness, apathy, antinomianism. The shift in Christianity is we have a lot of work to do, church. But it's not for you to be loved by God. It's not for you to earn extra brownie points in heaven. It's not for you to be accepted anymore or forgiven of any more sins. We're not bringing in kind of Catholicism and purgatory. You don't have to do certain things to to earn demerits with God. That's not what we're talking about. But there is a lot of work to be done now that you are saved by grace through faith. Do you see that shift? Some people word it like this. I quite like it. God is not opposed to your efforts. He is opposed to your earning. I'll say it again. God is not opposed to your efforts, but He is opposed to your earning. You and I don't give and serve and invite and love and be kind. All those things. Do you love me more now, God? Am I getting a bigger mansion in heaven now? Like, am I going to get more things in heaven? We're not earning more, but there's work to be done. God is not opposed to your efforts. So he says, work. And, and some people think grace has just forgiven me to go and live how I want to now. If that's how you think, read 1 Corinthians 15 and Romans 6. That's just an absolute, going to kill that. You don't get to live how you want to now. Romans 6 says, so sell, shall, <laughs> sell. shall we keep on sinning that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to ourselves continue living in the flesh? Now that we're saved, we can't continue doing what our flesh desires. There's a mission at hand. There's a calling at hand. First Corinthians 15, I really like words that like this. I think it's verse 10. I worked harder than all of you, but it wasn't I. It was the grace of God that was within me. How beautiful is that? Amen? So I want us to catch that heartbeat today. God is not opposed to our working. He actually invites us to work with Him. The one thing I don't want you to shift, shift into is don't work for God. Work with God. What's he doing right now? Amen? I want to speak on one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And if you've been here for a year, you've probably heard me say that 20 times. Head on over to Luke chapter 19, the story of Zacchaeus. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Zoomers, don't disengage Zoomers. Come on now, Luke 19. If you've got your hard copy Bible, can you wave it at the camera? We can't see it, but all everyone else can. Just kind of get in there and, uh, um, yeah, keep, keep, come on, keep, come with us. Luke 19, come with me. If you're like me and just have 14 devices, you can get up on your iPhone or your iPad. That is fine. 
Luke chapter 19, verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. I like that. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. The people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. God, we thank you for that same moment that Zacchaeus had. We had that too, where you called us by name, where you entered into one-on-one relationship with us, where you revealed that this was the reason you came seeking us, Lord. You're on mission. You You came to seek and save that which was lost. So first and foremost, we thank you for saving us and finding us, redeeming us. And now, Lord, help us to see our community and our friends and family and our street through your eyes. That you love them so much. And you want them in a relationship with you. Help that to burn in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There we go. Okay. It's already at 11. All right, let's go. Um, Beautiful passage. Amen. It's such an incredibly powerful story that we're brought into here. I really, really, really love this story. And one of the first things, I spoke on this about two years ago, but one of the first things we see is Zacchaeus comes to the crowd and there was too many people there and he was too short to see Jesus. So he ran ahead and he found a tree and he climbed this sycamore tree to see Jesus. What a beautiful, beautiful picture. And church, when it comes to us, Being on mission, when it comes to us partnering with Jesus in the mission at hand, I want us to be a church that helps people get above the noise. Help people get above the noise. Two years ago, I was touching on this point. I I looked into the word carumban. I was like, carumban, why are we C3 carumban, you know, and I have no desire to change our church name, just so you know, you're aware, but it was like C3 Corumban. Why, why would we C3 Corumban? And looked into its Aboriginal meaning. Does anyone remember when I was sharing this two years ago? In Aboriginal, Corumban means place where high trees grow. And I remember writing down, Lord, I'd wrote this down before the transition. This is about seven years ago. I wrote down, Lord, help us be a church that helps Zacchaeus find you. It's just in my heart. Corumban means place where high trees grow. Hear me, church. There is so much freaking noise going on in the world right now. So much division. I'm not going to go too far into it, but what I want is just just focus, just be aware of that. The media is dividing. 
Social media is even more dividing. The topic of vaccinations is dividing. The topic of border lockdowns is dividing. The, the topic of lockdowns is dividing. The topic of everything right now is dividing. And then you throw an Afghanistan coup in there with the Taliban and everything is loud. And I just think, man, how many people had front and center access to Jesus who didn't long for Jesus like Zacchaeus did? They're actually there. They're actually there looking at Jesus. And I thought two things. Number one, Lord, would I be the type of person to just sit there staring at you or would I be always looking for who can't come and see you? I want to believe it anyway. We always overemphasize how good we are. But I'm like, Lord, could I see people and let them in? Would I be willing to do that? Or am I so enamored in what you do with Christianity that I forget to bring more people into the, the view? Number one. But then I'm sitting there, Lord, you know, we preached the last two weeks on, on 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 to 8. Paul says, I plant seeds, and Apollos water seeds, but only God can bring the growth. I'm sitting there and I'm praying this week. I'm like, Lord... Help us be a church that plants seeds. Help us be a church. Now, I'm not going to abuse my preacher's license and, and make up a story. You know, guys, 100 years before this moment, there was a man and he had a dream. He's by the river and God spoke to him and breathed this thing and implant a fig sycamore tree. And he said, why, Lord? Like, I'm not going to make up some backstory. We're not going to do that. But here's the thing I want us to catch. I want to be a church focused on making planting trees. Because I'm just thinking, Lord, C3 Corumban is called to help people get above the noise and see Jesus. So I want to be really clear on this. I don't want us to be a church when they come here, they get caught up in garbage arguments. Are we cool? Can we say that? Can we be that honest? You can have your opinion. We've said it. I'm not here to make your opinion. Go ahead and have your opinion what's happening in the world right now. It's understandable for you to be frustrated. Schools are locked down. Businesses are going bankrupt. Relationships are torn apart. I get the frustration. But this place is a place where high trees grow. That's who we are. And when people come in, we're not going to sit there and try and divide them and push them away from Jesus. We're trying to help them climb to see Jesus clearly. Let's be focused on that. I want to be focused on, Lord, how do we help? People, especially non-Christians, see Jesus. As soon as they walk in, oh, the music, be all about Jesus. The war, all about Jesus. I want our messages all about Jesus. Why? Because we're not just trying to build this empire. We're trying to bring people to Jesus. So let's be focused. I beg you, help people get above the noise. Once again, this week online, could I be so bold? When you're on social media this week, don't focus on pulling people out of trees. Don't focus on tearing people apart. Regardless of your view, you're allowed to have your view. Who could you encourage this week? This week, who could you help see Jesus this week? I'm not alarmed when people are sharing their opinion online. I'm alarmed when they're, how much they share their opinion significantly outweighs how much they share the love of Jesus. That, that actually gets me. I'm seeing people right now, it's, you know, once again, it's a divided time, whatever. But just like opinion, 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 opinion. And I'm like, man, they've been a member for years. They've been in a relationship with God for years. They're scrolling back. I can't remember the last time they just shared a scripture or shared a verse or shared a message or share a YouTube clip about God's love. Share anything for crying out loud. But like, use your online presence as a tree. 
Don't use your online presence to pull people down or block people out. You know, like, oh, I'm trying to see Jesus. Well, you're too short. And let me engage with you in a conversation around short people. Short people divide. Short people. Do you know what the government says about short people right now? Did you know that you're locked out? Speaking of locked outness, let's go into that conversation. Like, none of that garbage. We're building trees. And I just want us to be a church. Let's help people see Jesus. Share things online. Engage in online space to help them hear the gospel. We've made videos recently. You don't have to share it, but if that helps you, if that's like push a share button, if you don't know what to say, just share that. We, we literally did videos on who is Jesus and what is the gospel. Eight videos. If that helps you in your evangelistic nature, just go for it. Just be an online person who builds trees. Amen? Second thing. Here's why. Why do we, why do we want them to see Jesus? Why do we want them? Second thing. We want people... We want people, (laughs) I'm reading ahead too much. We want people to know that they've always been known and received Jesus with joy. Verses 5 and 6, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Verse 6, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house in great trepidation. In great nervousness, nothing. In great excitement and joy. Church, we are focused on helping people know that they've always been known and receive Jesus with great joy. Know that they've always been known and receive Jesus with great joy. Now, we could, we could argue that um, the book of Jeremiah and what God said to Jeremiah was descriptive, not prescriptive. We could argue what, what was said to Jeremiah was just for Jeremiah and not for the world. That's not how I view it anyway. So when I read Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, where God says, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I believe that's for every single person. I believe God knows all of us. There is no one in this world by mistake. There is no one here and God's like, who the heck are they? How did they get here? I believe God is that sovereign and that intentional and that in love with you that Jeremiah 1.5 applies to you. Before he formed you in his mother's womb, he knew you. Oh, thank you, Lord. I think of John chapter 1. I think it's around verse, just before 50, 47, 48, somewhere around there, where Philip, Nathaniel gets saved, and he goes and gets Philip, vice versa. Philip gets saved, he goes and gets Nathaniel, and he brings Jesus, uh, uh, Nathaniel to Jesus, and Jesus says these beautiful words at the end of John 1. He says, before Philip called you, I saw you. Powerful moment if you've seen the chosen, but the beautiful thing about the word saw there, Jesus is looking at this guy, before you were called to me, before you ran, before you made a decision to come to me, before any of that, I saw you. This is Jesus Christ. The word saw there, I always pronounce Greek wrong, it's ido, E-I-D-O. It literally means to know and understand. So let's reread. Before your friend invited you to me, I knew you and I understood you. Guys, that's the God we're partnering with. You think you want your friends saved more than him? Not true. You think you want your family saved more than him? Not true. You think that when he sends you out, he sends you out blindly? Not true. He knows people. He knows them by name. Before Zacchaeus knew Jesus, Jesus knew Zacchaeus. Intimate relationship there. 
And this, this thing is powerful. This moment is powerful. If you, I was going to read it, but I won't. Uh, there's a book there by a guy called Brennan Manning. I, I, I regularly refer to a couple of his books, but he's a Catholic priest who is an ex-alcoholic. I love it. He's, he's got quite a wicked sense of humor. He, sa- he talks about being so loved by God. He says, uh, he calls himself an angel, an angel of light with an incredible capacity for beer. <laughs> but he wrote a book, right, right, wrote, wrote a book called The Ragamuffin Gospel. Recovering alcoholic, used to hate himself, was excommunicated, beat himself up, went through so much depression, came out with these incredible revelations of grace. So Ragamuffin Gospel is a must read. Apart from that signature of Jesus or Abba's child, brilliant. But in this book, he writes about this moment with Zacchaeus. And what he says is, you need to know the power in the Jewish tradition of this moment. When someone invited you over to lunch, when they said, oh, I must come to your house today, it's not like, let's just share a meal. According to Jewish tradition, this moment, it's literally saying, Zacchaeus, I must enter a relationship with you. There was almost like this covenant-like thing that happened over a meal. If you, do you remember the Passover? Thinking of that. What, when do we remember the covenant with the Jewish people? Over a meal. If you remember Easter, we spoke about the table, right? When Jesus came back to institute the new covenant, he did it over a meal. There is significance in a meal. So please don't read this story about Zacchaeus and be like, oh, Jesus was just hungry. Like he was walking, he's like, oh, man, I'm flipping starving, looked up, was like, Zacchaeus, dude, I'm so hungry, I've got to go to your house right now. And then he just left. Something significant is happening here. Push in more. He's saying, Zacchaeus, I must enter relationship with you. That is what we're all about, C3 Karumban. I've said it time and time again because I mean it. If people come here and they're giving and serving and regularly attending and doing all the things that apparently Christians should do and they're not in love with Jesus, we haven't won. It's not a victory. The goal is relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? Like I just said about Ephesians 2, everything I do for Jesus has to be an overflow of a healthy relationship with Jesus And so what happens in this moment, before Zacchaeus gives, before Zacchaeus gives away his money, he enters a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why is that so crucial? Because otherwise you might read it and be like, Zacchaeus purchased his salvation. He bought it. He bought it. Man, he gave away half his wealth, and then everyone he's ripped off, he's going to pay back fourfold. See, he just paid for his salvation. Not true. He's already received relationship with Jesus beforehand. He's in a relationship with God. My interpretation of this story, what I love to picture anyway. Have you ever met someone who who encounters Jesus and just gets so overwhelmed at the goodness of God that they want to tell other people? I'm picturing Zacchaeus doing this. He's like, I get an opportunity to go back to everyone I ripped off, everyone I lied to, Everyone I cheated, everyone who hated me, rightfully so, because the tax collectors used to lie about how much they were owed. That's how he said I ripped them off while they were paying tax. I get an opportunity to go back, and I'm going to give them more money, and I get to share what Jesus has done in my heart with this person. There is nothing more powerful than your testimony about receiving Jesus Christ. Nothing. You could have all the answers, uh, apologetics, you could understand Revelation perfectly, you could quote the books of the Bible backwards. Fantastic. What Jesus has done in your life is significantly powerful. It's the most important thing. Amen. And so we are trying to invite people in here more than just membership here. 
to know that they've always been known and to enter a relationship with Jesus with excitement and great joy. Amen? I'll finish with this. We want to help people. I'll scrap that for time. All right. We want to help people partner with Jesus. Jesus is there. This guy's life has been transformed, completely changed, completely changed, right? Like, in, in just a moment, complete transformation. And Jesus is like, hey, guys, this is exactly what I'm here to do. This is exactly why I came. The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Did you notice the religious people grumbled? Oh, oh, how dare he? Filthy sinner. Jesus is going to enter the home and have lunch with a filthy sinner. It's just preposterous. Absolutely awful. If you don't watch yourself, you and I are going to enter that space really quick. If you don't watch yourself, you and I are going to enter that space really quick where we start thinking that we're closer to God because we've been in this place longer. We deserve God's love more. We forget that we're saved by grace alone. We enter that place really quick and all of a sudden we start... I like when God starts breaking out of tradition and doing random things. If you read Acts, if you read Acts, just just one more time, just read, read the book of Acts descriptively. And, and go through and be like, when he did this in this moment, where God did this, does it apply to the general principle of Christianity? Does he ever do it again? And you're going to see so many standalone events in Acts. I love getting blown away. You read Acts, it's like, why'd you do that there? But then you don't do it again. And then you did this here and you don't do it again. And then you did this here and you don't do it again. And you do this here and you don't do it again. Like God just does what God wants sometimes, right? And the thing I find often is God is trying to kill... Uh, we say here, God's trying to kill cultural Christianity. Let me word it another way. God is tr- constantly trying to break out of the boxes we build for Him. <laughs> I'm prone to this. I am so prone. To, I like systems. I like structure. I like routine. I like predictability. That's me. We had Corey and him over the other night talking about, I like having answers <laughs> I like processing something to a black and white answer. Okay, sweet, now I've done that, I can go to this one. That's, that's my nature. So I am prone to put God in a box. I'm like, God, but you said you'd do this, so you can't do that. And I'm shocked how many times God is just wanting to break out of that box. Now, he never goes against the Bible. That's who he's revealed himself to be. So what he's going to do now will fit with the story and narrative of Scripture. However, I find that people are so prone to religiosity. We're so prone to just do things and put God in a box and he always wants to break out. These religious people are like, how dare he go to have lunch with a sinner? And Jesus is like, it's the flippant reason I came. This is why I'm here. What are you talking about? And so what we want to do is help people see that we're working with Jesus. If we slip into working for Jesus alone, it won't be long before we start telling Jesus what he can and can't do. But if we stay in a heart posture of I'm working with you, Lord, then what I'm staying in this heart posture of, Lord, you lead me. You lead this church. You tell me what you want to do here. And my conviction is it will fit Scripture perfectly. It won't go outside of that. But you're in control, Jesus. You're here. I'm not telling you what you can and cannot do. You're here. That's why I want to work with Him. That's why I'm shocked how many times I walk away from Him 
and catch myself trying to come up with some brilliant plan. Oh, it's brilliant. Man, I've got such a good idea. We're going to solve all the problems of the world with this one system and structure. I constantly do it. I have to keep coming back to God in this more organic relationship. It's organic relationship where now it's not about, I have to invite one person a week to church. Suddenly it's organic, right? Like if I'm just praying, I'm reading, and I'm talking to God, having communion, all these things just naturally in my walk with God, it becomes more natural. And suddenly there might be a week or two or three or four where there's no real opportunity for me to specifically ask someone to church and give them a you are loved card but the next week there's four or five opportunities that feel really natural i'm like oh man you got to come to church oh man you got to come to church see what i'm saying we are prone to religiosity sometimes people are here going just tell me what to so i've got to read three verses a day i've got to read one chapter a day i've got to pray for five minutes a day we, we want black and whites and jesus is so not that he's saying just walk with me just be with me. And that's when we start to hear his voice. Amen? It's when things start to shift. It's when he reminds us of what's going on. Please don't slip into this. This is our last week on sharing the gospel. Please don't slip into, I've got to share the gospel once a day. I've got to invite someone to church once a week. It's none of that. It's about being close to Jesus. And when we're close to Jesus, we see who he's, who he's drawing himself to. The Zacchaeuses of this world? Are you serious? All right, now I'm getting changed. Are you... Are you that's why you came oh my gosh see the difference stop putting god in a box just walk with him watch what happens it'll change your world can i pray with you jesus we love you so much good faithful incredible god lord we are so grateful that you came to seek and save that which was lost and lord that was us we were lost we were broken. We were helpless. So thank you for your work in our heart. Lord, I thank you so much this week that we would focus predominantly on just walking with you, being with you, just regularly, regularly in some way, shape or form, reading your word, praying, this organic relationship with you. And Lord, I pray as we're in this natural walk with you that you would put people on our heart you would open doors for conversations to be had about you and your glory. Lord, I thank you in this time of noise and division that you would remind us that we are called to build trees for people to get up above it all and see you clearly. Use us for your glory. Lord, help us be the nameless people that plant trees so people can come here and hear their name by you that they would know that they've always been known by you. Jesus, we're so grateful that you are on mission. We're so grateful that you are still working today. We're so grateful you have not retired. We're so grateful we don't have to work for you, but we get to work with you. Help us to lean into that and rest in that. In your name we pray. Amen.